Hey, why am I his sidekick, all right? How do you know he's not my sidekick? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another issue of Fireside Chats. I'm your host, Menti, and with me as always are my wonderful sidekicks. First, features. Hello, Internet. And Huey. What's going on, mother fathers? What's going on? I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with everything that just happened. And then Mauer. Beep you? Yeah, that's. I'm not even going to mock you. I'm not I'm not even going to say. God, what the it's Google. a way to curse you know, without actually it. cursing. Come on. Uh, yeah, but like. Mother fathers? It's, mother fathers. It's, it's like. It's like um, snakes on a plane. Stop! Stop! <laughs> no, stop. it's snakes on a plane. It's it's it's, it's terrible. It's like a snakes BET on a plane. Edit. It's a BET edit. That's uh, I'm sick of these these mother loving snakes on this Monday through Friday plane. <laughs> I wouldn't give Baby Huey that much credit, guys. He thought he'd be funny saying mother fathers and well, it was a good start. I mean, he yeah. tried. I, you know what? A for the I attempt. I threw Menti off. That was my Execution, plan. Execution, different story. <laughs> my plan was to throw Menti off. I succeeded. You, you definitely did. You definitely did. <laughs> Derailed <laughs> immediately. Planning C minus. <laughs> Execution F. <laughs> overall score. Moving on. I mean, he 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 succeeded. Uh, all right, so yeah, it, like a lot happened, but at the same time, a lot didn't happen. So this is gonna be uh, a weird show. But uh, uh you well, know, we know why nothing happened. Why is that? We're about to have New York Comic Con. That's true. They're like, everybody, shut your goddamn yaps. We need news in two That's weeks. True. Come well, on. So, now. all right. Well, now I'm now I'm intrigued because you know the the new goal for anybody unaware. The new goal is that everybody comes to uh, comes to the chat with their topic. So I'm interested. Let's go. Let's round robin. What does everybody want to talk about? Why don't we start with features? Yeah, features. Well, what do you want to talk about? What I want to talk about is Phase Four and why it's not actually trash. Wrong. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> all right all right we'll end features. on that one we'll end features. on that one because it's just well, gonna be three people yelling at features it's, it's not it's not gonna go well well just uh, the preface right. this is my no opinion. No, my no 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 baby huey what do you want to talk about um i guess we'll uh andor okay all right definitely i mean that's like the only yeah. thing to talk about so definitely the first i thought you'd talk about the power rangers news and stuff that was coming out we were talking. Look at look at we his face. He's like, "Wait, Power Rangers news?" We talked about that. No, there's oh. stuff that just broke. But okay, what's the stuff that just broke? So they're okay. talking about the Netflix stuff might already be selling the rights to another place. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Netflix, Netflix. It's like as soon as they get something, they're like, "Nah." <laughs> there, so there's a rumor that Netflix is going to do their show but they don't think they can keep up with what all the other, and this is just quick topic, 
because of the Power Rangers, how much content they put out for like their TV shows, Netflix mm-hmm. doesn't want to invest all the money for that kind of Power Rangers stuff. So they might be li- like relicensing certain things for other networks. Wow. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost surprising that that hasn't happened because you would think if you wanted. All right. So if you're HBO Max or if you're Paramount and you're like, I want the Spider-Man group. You, you'd be surprised they didn't spend a lot of money to get a Spider-Man show specifically for Netflix. Like, I'm, right. I get I get Disney, obviously, is a bad example because they wouldn't sell at all. But there's so many other IPs out there. You, like Ninja Turtles, for example, doing a Netflix movie. I'm surprised more companies aren't doing that. Yep. So, I mean, it's not huge things, but I can see it happening. Like, okay, we're going to handle the more mature this we'll give this to you and we'll still get a cut of it, but not have to invest money into it. That's all. The and I, was. I also probably think that power Rangers is concerned about getting too mature. Right. You know, they, they, they probably want to keep the maturity level uh, on a different platform than they keep their more kid friendly stuff. I mean, and they really right. pushed everything. What are you talking about? Menti? I want to talk about AEX, um, Avengers, Eternals, X-Men specifically because of you and features, which we'll get into in a second. But, um, I, I want to I want to go into a little bit more detail about that book. Uh, what did you want to talk about, Myra? Um, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I got it. I got something. Quantum Leap. Oh, God. And well, let's start off with this. I'm going to ask you guys a question and I'm going to go into my topic. Out of all the actors in a, that play a character in the greater MCU, mm-hmm. who do you think is the most legit badass in real life? Of all of the actors? Of all the actors. In the MCU. In the MCU. And, and anybody who's appeared in the MCU. Yep. Tom Hardy. What do you think? I'm, I'm going to go with Tom Hardy just because he's... <laughs> The dude just won a whole Brazilian jiu-jitsu martial yep. arts So that's tournament. what I want to talk about. This is the... I, I, I don't think Bauer was expecting us to know that story. Well, no, this is the third time he's won a BJJ tournament, and he enters under his real name. Well, back up, back up a little bit. Give, give, give perspective. What's, what, tell, what's the whole story before we, so, we start? So the whole story is Tom Hardy entered secretly again a BJJ tournament. What's a BJJ tournament? Brazil, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. There you go. And one, and he was the star of the tournament. He not only kicked the ass of every fight he was in, won the whole thing, but did so in such a manner where everybody was just shocked of how good he was. And it turns out his name is Edward Hardy, and he changed <laughs> it so he wouldn't be Ed Hardy. Yeah, I, but I will <laughs> say that there's got to be a little bit of an unfair advantage that if no one knows who they're about to go up against and they step on the mat and they're like, they're all excited, they've been training, and then Eddie Brock shows up. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, it's a whole different... <laughs> you know, the way you see that fight going out changes dramatically. You're like, ah. Now, if you remember him in roles like Bronson, where he just became a beast of looking an intimidating person. Bane? Yeah. Bane was... Have you seen Bronson? No, but Bane... Okay, when you look at... (laughs) Go watch Bronson and see him there. It makes Bane look like a little boy. What? Like, Bronson is a guy who wasn't a criminal, but made himself, like, the appearance, like, stone soup of a criminal in prison, 
shaved head and just beat the crap out of everybody like it's oh based my God. on a true yeah, story I, I just looked out i just looked it up <laughs> Oof. oh wow um <laughs> well i mean he's kind of he's still baney he's baney but when you see him in the movie actually actually hold on keep keep talking i'm gonna look up tom hardy as bane i think bane no, might I be think bigger bane was bigger but this still but he's not he's scary here because well, you can't you... understand him. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, never, <laughs> I just always thought Tom Hardy was a good actor. He wasn't one of those people that you go, ah, oh, he could kick your ass. It's always it's always shocking when those moments happen when you're like, wow, Elijah Wood could kick my ass. <laughs> it's like you know you would never think it, and then you see Green Street Hooligans, and you're like, yep, no, he would he would definitely whoop the crap out of me. Could, but it could... now makes me feel even better for him playing Eddie Brock. Because Eddie Brock's one of those characters in the comics who are like, just Eddie Brock walking down the street could probably wreck 90% of the people he walks by. So. Apparently, with with, uh, with a BJJ. Yep. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's not a good acronym. <laughs> That's not a good acronym. Could you imagine being the announcer for that, that tournament? <laughs> The guy goes, okay, we have Tommy Lee on the other side, and next he's fighting Venom. <laughs> we have. <laughs> I, I, I could just imagine them not looking up. And in this corner, we have Eddie, Ed, Edward, who's, is that Tom Hardy? <laughs> Look for somebody in glitter and tiger print anywhere. But yeah, yeah. he doesn't look like himself right now either. You can tell he's in training mode and i have a feeling because of the script for venom uh going through its last revisions and him prepping this was probably since he's a character actor and like he gets into it him just kind of prepping for the the new movie coming out so well and i love that he took that risk i mean he took an elbow to the face that could hurt a lot of stuff you know you snap that nose it's gonna that's gonna push back production quite a long time to me he has always kind of evoked this but now even more the the tom cruise vibe of you're not going to tell me what i'm going to do to prepare for my roles you're gonna you're gonna do what i say and if i f up that's fine i'll own it well, what just, was the 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 story that um, Henry Cavill said on the Graham Norton show about working with Tom Cruise? I think it was Henry Cavill, where he was like, "A guy was talking to this stunt coordinator." Oh no, about that was Matt. The- da- that was Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Oh, and yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. "So tell me how you uh, in the stunt he's talking about uh, the fourth Mission Impossible, where he runs down the building in Dubai." Mm-hmm. So he's talking to Matt Damon, and Matt Damon's like, "How did you do that?" He's like, "Well." that bit I've wanted to do for years and finally we, you know, I have to go and I go to the stunt guy and I'm like, here's what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to do it. And the stunt guy goes, no, you can't do that. Matt came and goes, so what do you do? He goes, well, I got a new stunt guy. <laughs> and he's like, and he did it. Like you don't tell Tom Cruise, you can't do something because he'll put $50 million into developing a way to do it. So yep. I now have a lot more respect for Ed, Tom Hardy, <laughs> And uh, I liked his Venom from the beginning. I'm hoping we get MCU Tom Hardy Venom to show him with, you know, actual scripts. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's just... The, Tom Hardy is not the reason those movies are bad. Tom Hardy is the only shining part of those movies, to be fair. Like, the, the effort he puts into making that buddy cop work, yep. which it shouldn't work, like... 
I don't even hate that aspect of it. I don't like how Venom is portrayed because I don't like I don't like the fact that Venom calls himself a loser. How? You're you're a sludge. You're telling me you weren't like you were picked last for for T-ball on your sludge planet? Like what are you talking about? You were Well, a when loser? you compare him to the other Clintar warriors, I'm guessing maybe But you're a sludge. Like you need people. <laughs> you need someone to bond to, so your level of power depends on the person that you connect to. How are you a loser? <laughs> you're a sludge. I guess because like, you can never pair with anybody. That's 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 why. Well, they but they all had that that apparent yeah. problem except for Riot. For some reason, Riot could just jump on anybody he wanted, and they would survive for months before all of a sudden they would die. Like was like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> anybody, you know, Venom does it; they're dying immediately. That's that's what the problem is. They had a kind of a cool concept, but they didn't really fully flush it out. And then the second movie they had, I'm sorry, oh, God, but Gollum was the worst choice for director. Second movie, uh, ever. Well, if, if it was rated R. If that movie was rated R, and they didn't have like the stupid hurricane carnage scene, the kaboom or haboob, the kaboob, the haboob, the haboob, yeah, the the prison haboob. Um, hey, sometimes in prison they really need just mm-mm. a nice haboob. But just ta- okay, so take that same movie. I mean, the the script's still garbage, but. I can forgive a garbage script if you give me the character. Take all of the same scenes you saw with with Carnage, make them smaller, and make them like like knives and and um, like remember when he was jumping yeah, uh, but- platform to platform and he became like the sludge and he was yeah. real. You give me that yeah. the entire time instead of putting people through walls. You know what yep. I mean? Like in this hulking thing, but it would have been so good. Didn't understand and wanted to make it more humor. Well, apparently it was originally supposed to be rated R. And that it changed. So you're right. I do believe that's he wanted to follow the MCU, and that's the mistake that every studio is making. Stop trying to be the MCU. Yeah, when I saw behind the scenes with him going, well, I really wanted to focus on the humor of this, and I wanted a different take. Everybody's expecting horror and fear, and I, I think this is just a good way to get some good comedy out of it. And I'm like, no. Now I know why you <laughs> get directing jobs, bud. Yeah, that was a that was a terrible idea. Yeah. So, but moving on then- from that, did any of you watch Quantum Leap? I've never seen an episode. Are you talking about is the new, the new Quantum one. Leap? Yeah, no. I did. I have not seen that. All right. I'm going to go on a little diatribe here about Quantum Leap. <laughs> it was one of the greatest shows of all time because they caught lightning in a bottle. Like, there was, you know the, how the Wonder Years had lightning in a bottle for when that came mm-hmm. out? And yep. it was just something that captured a time... And it was pure, and it was good. And no matter what, when you think of the Wonder Years, you all probably have it going on right now, and you had like, ah, the Wonder Years. Like, it's that that happy moment and as a ch- child watching TV. That was me in Quantum Leap. So when I heard there was a reboot, I was like, oh. <laughs> when I saw what they were doing with the reboot in the modern times and making sure we have to have everybody... Yeah, there has to be diversity because the original show was legitimately a bunch of white dudes. But they at least in the show tackled serious issues back in the time and mm-hmm. showed some good things. So they did their job, but doing it through the filter of a 80s, 90s show. We'll give them that. Then you have Scott Bakula saying they offered me part in it and I said no. Why? And that scared the shit out of me. Because if Scott Bakula is like, I'm not doing Quantum Leap, you're like, oh. Especially seeing as that he'll do an oh, it's always sunny episode where About he plays Quantum, Quantum Leap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So I watched it, and other than it being predictable, 
it was a good show. They changed a few things about it. So in the original show, the premise of Quantum Leap, if you don't know, is it's a time travel thing, but he goes back into the body of somebody a certain time, and he's got to fix something in their life in order for him to leap or jump into the next one. They were trying to get him home because he wasn't supposed to leap, and he leaped early, and it's broken. So the whole thing is just him trying to get home and going person to person. Well, they don't tell you, and they kind of set this one up more where you're in the real time and finding out what's going on in the real time story. So they change that aspect. And no longer does the person they leap into go back into the headquarters, which was a cool aspect of the old show because there wasn't technology for them just going to the computer and like, let's look up X, Y, and Z. So they had to have a conduit to the person to figure out what was going on in their life. Mm-hmm. There was a Scott Bakula cameo, though. Oh, great. So it is confirmed as a true sequel. They had a little hologram talking about Sam Beckett. And then, uh, do you mind if I ruin the twist for you guys? I could care less. Nope. So my big thing at the end of the show, the first one, Sam had a choice to go home. Spoiler alert for anybody who might care. (laughs) He could either go home and finally be returned to his loved ones, or he could go and fix the first marriage of Al, who was his sidekick. Al was in the, the Vietnam War. And they told his wife at the time he was died, so she moved on, not realizing that he was still alive. And from that point on, Al became a womanizing, terrible six wives. He could either fix Al's marriage or go home, and he chose to fix Al's marriage and continue to leap on. They say Al had a bunch of kids. At the end of this first episode, it turns out one of Al's daughters is the reason why the new character is leaping back. So they are tying it closely to it. So if you're a Quantum Leap fan... There is enough in this show that gives you the warm fuzzies, in my opinion, of the original. Mm-hmm. They is changed his name something. Bad Rock by any chance? <laughs> Scott Bakula's character? Is his name no. Bad Rock? No? No. It should be named Bad Rock. <laughs> no, that's the nerdiest joke I could think of, man. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Bat Rock the Leaper? No? <sighs> yeah, no, I caught that. No? I, I, I was... God. Um, and then you do have a new aspect to it. So the, the worst part of the show though, for me was they jump back to the early eighties in the original quantum leap. They're jumping into like the forties and thirties. And then I realize that we're the same distance from the eighties now <laughs> that when we watched it originally, they were from the forties. So making you feel a little old, but I enjoyed it. Did you like it? I Yui? loved it. Like you said, it was a little predictable, but um, I do like the twist at the end with uh, Al's daughter, so I'm excited to see where it goes. In the beginning of the show, I was like, if the person that's secretly helping him isn't Al's daughter, <laughs> I'm going to throw a goddamn fit. And then at the end, they turned out, I'm like, okay, predictable, but I'm happy. I just, all of my furniture is safe. <laughs> <laughs> um, and at first it was a little like, oh man, this sucks. The actor they have playing the guy leaping mm-hmm. is really, really nerdy. Yeah. But then I go think about it, I was like, physicists probably aren't like the strapping, handsome, muscular guy that Scott Bakula was. <laughs> so when this guy punches somebody and he hurts his hand, you believe it. When Scott Bakula did it back in the day, you're like, bro, you're like six foot five, 190 pounds, 220 pounds of muscle. You're not going to hurt your hand. This guy, you're like, dude, I think my sister could beat you up. <laughs> like, 
So go watch it. If you haven't watched the first one, there I don't think they're going to put too many like you have to know the first series to watch this. Mm-hmm. So you could probably pick it probably up. Probably more more Easter um, eggs for everybody. Ernie Hudson. The main the main actor is doing really well for himself right now. Yeah, he's in everything. He's in the yeah, he's in the top the new Top Gun movie, the Kevin Can F himself series. Um man, good for him. But Ernie Hudson and Quantum Leap is in it. And he plays the character Magic, which I think season one, episode three or four, was somebody that Sam helped in the original series. Yes. Yes, he was, yeah. So like they're, they're connecting both, it enough. Both Quantum Leap Strongs have been in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> he played the cashier in The Gang Saves Today. I think Features is probably the only one who will, who will remember that, but I love the fact that It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is another bridge between those two shows. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we just have to get Menti to watch it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, you have a better chance of me doing uh, doing uh, Top Gun. Top Gun, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch them both back to back. Not Quantum Leap? I mean, there's so much available right now. I First don't... episode's Philadelphia. Oh. Yeah. No? I mean, if, is, is it Features. Because, because it's always fun and sunny? Is that what Features, is that what you're you saying? have Yo. a mission. Uh-huh. This week, get them to watch the first two episodes. Yeah, uh, I... It's probably not going to happen, but I'll, I'll try it. It's Mauer, I'm as stubborn as you are when someone tries to force me to do something. <laughs> Did you like just features- lock it down? Everything in the house is only playing that on loop. <laughs> do you really think I couldn't get around whatever features sets up in my house? Features, I'll help you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, now, all right. <laughs> well, no, that's not, he's not coming over here. I can <laughs> do it remotely. <laughs> I, I don't you know. You are any... going to help features remotely work on my network? I would have to. You're, you'd password. shoot yourself. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Sorry, features. <laughs> it's, like, it's like helping your parents. <laughs> 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 All right, let's talk about TV that Menti actually watches then. Oh, yeah. Are we going to talk about Andor now? Is it Andor time? <laughs> yeah, we can talk about Andor. Is it Andor time? Oh, Andor. Can I, I'm going to give a two second and then let you go. Will you go nuts. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to give my initial... Oh, you have at it. <laughs> Andor, I really, really liked, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but not a single episode passed the phone test, mm. which is wow. weird, because I liked it, <laughs> but I found myself o- on my phone a lot. It's because of the first two episodes, and I have a feeling that this is the reason why we got three, sh- three episodes dropped at the same time, not only because it was pushed back, but I think that it, they were just trying to get Andor's story out of the way. Yeah, I could have, I would have preferred it if the flashbacks was just the first episode. I think you could have cut some of that. Yeah. Honestly, I think that could have been two episodes, maybe even, yeah, maybe two episodes. I think you could have made two strong episodes out of that. Yeah. And put the And put the flashbacks in some of the action, spread the action around a little bit more. But it was good. Um, well, spoiler alert from this point forward. Yeah. For the first three episodes. Because but it's we probably didn't... one of the only things I've ever, like, severely didn't pass the phone test. And I kept going, no, I want to watch this. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I would put my phone down, I'd watch it, and then, like, the phone would come out, and I'd Google, like, oh, that scene looks familiar to this. 
because it, what I mean, it's in the title, Andor, but we kind of all went into this thinking it was going to be different, and I think it's still going to be. But again, the first three episodes are just Cass- Cassian's story. Yeah. It's well, just how, how did Cassian get to a point where he meets the rebellion? I like that, and I didn't. I wasn't expecting more. I was expecting it to be standalone-ish, if you will, like not really connected and, and a cool well, refreshing story. Well, it's Cassian. He's in well, Rogue well, no. One. Like, <laughs> connect by meaning, like, here's Luke Skywalker, or here's a spinoff of this, or here's this Jedi, or here's that. Like, I was expecting it to be more grounded, kind of like Rogue One was. It didn't feel grounded to you? No, it did. I'm saying it, it was what I expected. Oh, it okay. just didn't, as great as all the acting was and the story was good, there was just something missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pacing. They, f- they focused on things we didn't need to focus on. I mean, okay, let's break down what happened in the first three episodes. Go ahead. A murder. He, uh, he killed some guys. A murder. Yeah. <laughs> a murder. A murder. No, baby, you I mean, was 100% he's, he's right. right. A murder. Yeah. That was it. So it was yeah. like Star Wars Law and Order Edition. We just <laughs> saw the first half pretty, of the episode. It was just him running the whole, like just him running from area to area going, oh, I'm going to get away. Right, <laughs> like, and the and the weird guy that overly tailored his uh, his uniform. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was uh, <laughs> the the guy that picked up your the, uniform. Well, yes, yes, I did. The guy that picked but, up the assignment. Who that was? The other guy was like, "It's this is an open and shut case." He's like, "No, no, it's not." He's like, "No, it kind of is." So I had the expense report ready when I come back. And the guy was like, "No, I'm just going to do what I want to do." I'm yeah. gonna go get half of our team murdered. Yeah, right. <laughs> Although, but but, so the, but here's the thing: all of those scenes that I thought were somewhat nonsense mm-hmm. did pay off in wonderful ways by that third episode. So uh, the pacing's poor in those first couple episodes, but the fact that all of it led to that group thinking that there was a lot more happening than just Andor yeah. and and the, and the old man mm-hmm. was amazing. They were like, "There's so many of them. They, they exploded a building. Like <laughs> they they're coming. They're flanking us from the sides." So the best part of that was the social commentary. I felt that that portrayed at the end, where both sides felt wronged by the other side over a misunderstanding that then radicalizes both sides. Like, seeing Oh, you're that, talking about the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. So the company's now going to be radicalized because of everybody aloft, because of this guy and, he, you know, the rebellion and the, these poor people that don't respect, you know... Well, the rebellion then, doesn't exist yet. That's that was the dude showing up for the first time. Who was like more interested in Cassian than right. he was that box. Yeah. That's he's the start of the rebellion. I believe he's gonna. The next episode will will be introduced to Mon Mothra, and yep. that will be the beginning of the rebellion. But you're still gonna see the company like they're now radicalized, and then because of them murdering the snitch, she, uh, the girlfriend's gonna be radicalized. Which, by the way, that snitch deserved to be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. And then he was, yeah, that was the stupid. He was just, he just rushed him. Like, what do yeah. you think is going to happen? How did they you think this was going to go? Guns. <laughs> Mother, <two> father. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you Way make to it pull funny, out. Way to pull that's out. That's how you make it funny. <laughs> um, so. But uh, that third episode. That's what, yeah, but it, this I don't believe this sh- this show is about what we saw. I believe no, that, gonna, that that was just an intro. It's the formation of the rebellion and how you see him try to redeem himself for everything he did to everybody. 
I don't. I, I, who Cassian? Yeah. I don't even think that. Like, remember when we first meet Cassian in in Rogue One? He shoots his informant, who's his who's his, like another rebel because some stormtroopers showed up. Like he's he becomes a better person by the end of Rogue One, but he's questionable, and the rebellion is questionable off the bat. That's what I'm most intrigued by because this does take place before Rogue One, so that means the Cassian that opens is the one we're gonna get to. So like the murder, that was Cassian. That was the same right. Cassian from the opening of Rogue One. And it shows how it was able... Like, it shows why in Rogue One he had no problem pulling that trigger because he did it once already. Yeah, And, and I'm sure he's going to do it a few a times. Greater, a greater good. Right. Which that poor... I'm, I'm sure that poor informant wouldn't agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that guy was like, well, hold on, I can, I'm still a part of the greater good. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Maybe he was diddling the girl too. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a funny twist. <laughs> the whole story is just Cassian really wants to get with that broad. And all these other guys keep... <laughs> that broad. <laughs> no? <laughs> uh, it's, here's, the problem with that show, though, is, is the first two episodes are rough. And I know there's people who love that, mm-hmm. but it's just... Again, you're right. The phone test... It didn't pass phone test for me. I, I thought the first episode was really, really good. I thought the first half of the first episode was really good, and then it just fizzles to very little. And I also find that these episodes just end. Yes. Like, yes. A little weird. Yeah. You're like, do, yeah. do, 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 do. Oh. Well, okay. let, me, let me ask you guys a question really quick, because <laughs> the flashback scenes, I, was, I didn't really understand that they were flashbacks until, like, probably the last you mean, minute. You mean, you mean the, Ace Ventura, the Ace Ventura scene? That's all I can think in my head is that scene was going on. No, that was hilarious. That dude woke up out of nowhere, shit the girl, and they're like, oh no. He gets hit with so many darts. Just... As Mrs. Mauer called it the Lord of the Flies tribe. Mm. But uh but features that's, that's they good. Said, it's a good call. That's they, they that's had, who they were. They said Cassian's name in the flashbacks, like every scene. Well, sort of, but it, they didn't say Cassian. Just, the uh, was it his sister? She just called him Cassa or something like that. She called him Cass, but the, I think the first time she said, she said Cassian. But did you end. notice? Did you notice the emblem on those people that were shot down? Uh, the not so empire empire logo. Yeah, like you know the what that pre-empire. is. You know who that is? Who? That's that's the Separatists. Oh. That's go. That's that's um, um, Dooku. That's Dooku in them. Hmm. So that that is taking place during the Clone Wars. Gotcha. So all that's Clone Wars stuff. So they, he. So that's what. Th- this is why I find this show exciting, and I really hope it becomes what I think it is, which is that I and I've said this many times that there is an underlining story in all of Star Wars that we've never truly been given. Which is the the hypocrisy of the Jedi, the um, the the fall of the Republic and turns and, and how they turn into the Empire. Like the comics have gone over that, but no show has truly shown us that change. I'm Team Jedi. Sure, but even the Jedi had a problem. That's why that's why Qui Gon was like, nah. That's why Qui Gon wouldn't join the the Order. That's I why he would killed he Anakin. What's up? I would have killed Anakin as a kid. <laughs> Anakin as a kid, I think if Anakin had Qui Gon as a as a mentor, he would have been fine. Yes, yeah, he would have been fine. Well, Anakin... that's because Duel of the Fates wasn't about Anakin. 
It was about Qui-Gon. Well, and, and Obi-Wan. Because remember, Obi-Wan was like, oh, we picked up more lesser life forms. Like, Obi-Wan hated that kid off the bat. Because the kid was a little shit. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I hope in the next season of Obi-Wan, if we get it, we get some flashbacks to young Qui-Gon. I want to see Qui-Gon as a We're about to get a, a whole... I mean, the Dooku story is going to be all about Qui-Gon. There's a great... There's a, a, I haven't read it yet, but it's on my list. There's a book about Dooku, the rise of Dooku, and why he left the Jedi well, we're gonna Order. Get, and it all comes down to supporting the Republic. That, that cartoon show is coming out. There are going to be some Dooku yes, episodes in that's, there. Yes. <clears throat> I'm just... Yeah, after Tales Tales of Jedi, Jedi, yes. died... Like, I know they had another actor for the TV show, not the movie, portray Dooku. But after Christopher Lee died, I almost feel like I don't want to see any more Dooku because Christopher Lee was the god. I mean, he's James Bond. Well, sure, but it's going to be animated Dooku. You're not going to get live action Dooku again. All right. Yeah. You're just all you're getting is Dooku because remember, you're, this, the story of Dooku's downfall is this also the story of Qui-Gon as a Padawan. As long as we don't get live action Dooku, I don't know. I don't think that'll. Just, I don't. I don't think he, because it's Christopher Lee. I don't think that'll ever happen. I think. I think they. They've. They've tried that twice with Leia and with Tarkin, and both times it was questionable. The, the decision made you go. Mm, I don't know about well, that. That leads into the decision. People were questioning it because they didn't have a choice. That's why James Earl Jones while he was still alive, just said, you can use my voice in the AI version of my voice. I grant you permission so the fans don't freak out about it. Yeah, and, you know, fans are freaking out about it, which I find weird because the man is 91 years old. He doesn't yeah. have the voice anymore. He we can... didn't hear his voice last time. We heard the computer last time. Like, yeah, let's just let, let Vader retire. It's fine. Let that man take, take a break <laughs> from being Vader. It's cool. His family's going to be taken care of. We're still going to get Vader's voice from now on. That This is a win-win for everybody. Yeah, That's a fact. So. But yeah, I mean, with Christopher Lee and Dooku, he was the guy that they based Bond on. Like, when you think about how cool of a mother effer he was. Oh, Chris, do you ever see the, do you ever see the list of Christopher Lee? Christopher Lee trained Qui-Gon. Um, yeah. was, 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 Dracula. Was, was Dracula. Um... <laughs> Oh, had a sick. death metal band. <laughs> he had a death metal band? Yeah. Yo. <laughs> Christopher Lee is one of the baddest mother beepers to oh, he, ever. He he bitch he uh he bitch slapped Gandalf. So he was Saruman. Um uh, he made and him do or, that weird little spinning thing on the ground. Yeah. His feet were in the air and you're yeah. like, why do why not pick him up all the way? Like <laughs> So Andor definitely is more adult than any Star Wars thing we've seen. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I think it needs to be. I think you can't, I think focusing on the Jedi and the Sith and stuff is for kids. And they're fun. Don't get me wrong. They're great. But this is an aspect of Star Wars that I think will go over kids' heads. Yes. Because now that we're talking. Good. Yes. And, that, and that's why, again, I, I'm not a big fan of the prequel movies, but I love the prequel story. Because there is so much of that story that was left on the cutting room floor. That's why, that's why Clone Wars helps a lot with, with filling in those gaps, as well as the books. Because there is a really cool fall of the Jedi, and the Jedi don't even realize it. Like, the Jedi created their problem. The Jedi killed themselves. 
Like the, the the their decision, like I love Brotherhood. The whole book opens up with with um um uh, Anakin becoming a Jedi Knight for the first time, but no longer they don't they the Jedi don't do ceremony anymore. You can't go to the Jedi Temple. None of the younglings get to go to the Jedi Temple. They're all on star cruisers. Um, they they don't like training for the Jedi. Essentially, just became soldiers. It's the same thing that when Ahsoka left, she was like, "I came to be a peacemaker, but my entire time as a Jedi, I've been nothing but a but a soldier." So like the Jedi, that's why that's why Qui Gon doesn't agree with the Jedi in the Republic because he's like the 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 Force, the Jedi before the Je- the, the Jedi we know them lived by a different ethics than the current Jedi Council does because they believe they know what's best regardless. Because re- just think of who the Separatists are; they just don't want to join the Republic. That's fair. I mean, that's it. Those, <laughs> like they're being manipulated. Don't get me wrong; there's bad guys there. Those but the, bastards. But the planets are just like, nah, we're cool. <laughs> Those damn outer rim planets. And but don't get me wrong, Dooku is not helping it because he has Asajj Ventress <laughs> at that time is also like does a lot of shady things mm-hmm. for him. But at that point, he fell to the dark side. So it is what it is. But du- Dooku's Dooku's leaving leaving the Jedi Order was not because of him being corrupted. It was because of him no longer trusting the Jedi. Which, if you get that full story, when Anakin says, "From my perspective, the Jedi are evil," doesn't make sense when you just watch those three movies. But mm-hmm. if you get that full story, you're like, "Oh, makes now sense. I see it." That's why, again, the clone the 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 prequels aren't good movies, but that story is outstanding. Episode three. Yeah, is the best of the as the best of them. I get that, but even that is, I need him. <laughs> and again, it's not it's not Hayden Christensen's fault. He was told to act that way because he's trying to portray Qui Gon and be and control his emotions. Yeah, you know what I mean. But he just comes off so whiny all the time. That's why the the definitive Anakin is Clone Wars Anakin. Period. Love that version. I would say the definitive Anakin is the Obi Wan show Anakin, which is which is yeah. still. I mean, it's, you, it's one flashback of Anakin. You don't really even get Anakin. You're right. That's the best Anakin that I've seen. No, Hayden Christensen had some great moments, and again, not Hayden's fault. No, Hayden, and I love that he's getting his roses now. Yes, the the fact that people are one understanding that he's an actor doing what he was told in the first trilogy. Mm-hmm. And two, giving respect to his portrayal in Obi Wan, you know that last scene and the the dialogue back and forth between him and Obi Wan in their training sequence, but then also in the last fight, really just showed his range there. And and I want to see more Star Wars like Andor and Obi Wan that isn't as foo-foo commercially star wars mm-hmm. like they feel they can just tell a cool story and don't have to throw all these other bells and whistles into it obi-wan had some bells and whistles but even that felt more in tune with like an original trilogy story yeah well because it didn't know how adult it wanted to get it just got goofy like that's the problem with the problem when you rewatch Obi-Wan is there's just so many goofy moments to it that takes you out of it. There's so many great aspects of that show that you're like, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden there's the chase sequence with Leia and the goons. And you're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> what am I watching right now? You're watching you know the Goonies. I mean? Yeah, but it's just it's so out of place. It just doesn't feel connected. Or like or even him just putting a jacket over her and walking out. And I guess that goes towards Andor when he was like, you know, they're so fat and happy they would never believe well, somebody it, would do this. So they yeah. commented on that. That 
jacket thing was meant to look ridiculous to show how everybody's just kind of there uh, parroting and like showing that they're strong, but not really paying attention to anything. But see, this goes back to my problem with Hayden Christensen and with with uh, George Lucas. And more George Lucas than Hayden Christensen because he just did what he was told to do. And George Lucas is notoriously horrible at giving actors direction. Yes. <laughs> He's horrible at it. He just says, yo, try some stuff. <laughs> he goes, no, but don't, but don't do it like that. Like what, George? <laughs> like what do you want me to do? Um, that when you when you add something like that to try and make a point that just makes the overall thing feel goofy, you you defeated your own purpose. Right. You know what I mean? It's it doesn't actually serve your your point was lost in you trying to make it because yeah, it just I, felt un, it just felt it felt lazy. Whether yeah, or not that was that. the intent, it just felt lazy. Yeah, it, I got it when I watched it. I was like, oh, to me, it was just like, oh, they've kind of said this, that the Empire has been inept from the beginning. Um, and we got to see some of that in The Mandalorian. We're like, yeah, our shit, our guns don't even freaking work. They just always suck. You know, it, it's not that. It's just an inept, over, oversized corporation, if you will, that has gotten so big it doesn't know how to run itself well i need egotistical it's just it's the arrogance of the empire but to be fair this is this is the similarities between the 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 empire and the jedi the jedi were arrogant as hell as well yeah they knew they they we know no you don't going <laughs> no, back you don't. To, to george lucas did you ever hear the story about i think it was mark hamill when dark vader first appears in the original dark. movie Dark Vader. Dark Helmet. Darth Vader. I'm got, do you know what the name of this issue is? Dark Vader's mother fathers. <laughs> <laughs> so you remember when we first see him, he just kind of walks in. Nobody really addresses who he is or that he's, you know, this big badass. And I want to say it was Mark Hamill went to George like, don't you think you should like cut away and be like, that's Darth Vader. He's, oh my God, he's so scary. And they were like, George went, no. Nah, uh, he, guy dressed all in black walks in. Everything's white around him. You know, you you know he's the bad guy. He's pretty powerful. They'll get it. And yep. just <laughs> that's that's George Lucas. George Lucas cared more, way more about the technical aspects of filmmaking than he did. Well, no, he cared about his story. He just didn't. He didn't know. I know he did know. I don't no, know how he to explain filtered it. things through somebody who was thinking like him on film. So he was surrounded by filmmakers that were on the same kind of wavelength of him that it just made sense to them. He didn't think about introducing the story to new people. Mm. So he was filming it as if you already kind of were absorbed in the world and you were just learning the story, which works well when you go back and watch the movies because we now are all in the world. The movies are much better the second or third time you watch them because you have all these other pieces of information that he just always assumed you would know or immediately, you know, gleam from seeing other things that were really small in the, the backgrounds. Yeah, like there's it, it, well, and some of it's not George Lucas. Some of it is just other writers that have been allowed to to kind of go as they will. Like yes. the, the dark. <laughs> what is the dark apprentice? The Darth Vader story? Mm hmm. Which is uh, it's not canon anymore, but it explains like why why Vader's suit is 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 technologically um, um, behind everything. Yeah, like you would think they able to make a Death Star, but this dude can't breathe right. 
You know what I mean? And that's and because... And you see people that have, like, stuff attached to their face. Uh-huh. And he's wearing an exoskeleton. And that's because it was a... It was like a middle finger from the Emperor. Like, all right, well, this is because you failed. Yep. This is because you lost. Now you're going to have to deal with your, your tomb. Good luck. Uh, so, like... I mean, it is also a, a, a form of control. Like, they could have upgraded his, his suit, too. They could make a new suit for him. But one of the things that, that the Emperor knows is that Anakin is more powerful than he is. So if you keep him in a suit like that, like, Anakin could never use Force Lightning. Yeah, it's a restriction. It would kill him. That suit restricts him a bit. Mm-hmm. He'd stop breathing and it would kill him. So by keeping him in that suit, it, tempt, it, it tames his power level. That's why I thought in, in Obi-Wan was great, which is why, like, the way he learned to use that big hulking machine as well as use the Force together instead of just being the acrobat that he was. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? You I mean his fighting style had to evolve. Because remember, like, when he's fighting Obi-Wan in the first time, he's just swinging like it's a sledgehammer. <laughs> like, he's just beating <laughs> Obi-Wan down with one arm. You know what I mean? And that's not Anakin. That's because no. he's in a clunky suit where he can't even lift his shoulders. So he had to learn how to use the force to his advantage. That's why the fight with Reva was so well done that he doesn't even pull out his lightsaber and he still just whoops her. <laughs> so I, th- I think we're getting to the phase of Kathleen Turner's Star Wars oversight where she realizes that there needs to be other viewpoints than hers being seen or she's going to get fired. I think it got that close to her being fired that she was like, nope, we're gonna, we're gonna let some other things happen. Well, I do think that there is a there's a shame about this all as well because like losing John Boyega, now saying John Boyega was remember he was originally gonna get a show, yeah, uh, which I would have loved. But then he started popping off in the mouth again. And I think it's him. Like I think part of the problem is him. It was Star Wars is stupid. I never want to do it again. Is basically no. What he was said. he was cool until until all of a sudden they just took their time like they brought it up to him and then they were like all right we're not that's not happening anytime soon they should have just shot that show you, if you really want us to be in love with this the sequels then do what they did with the prequels like i didn't like them either but now i do you can make that happen for the sequels by by explaining things like i can't wait to read was it revenge of the uh, revenge of the sith is that the book that just came out that, ex- that where luke luke is connected to ray uh, so, like, really. why Ray was left on a planet? Luke and Lando have a whole big, long story connected to that. Um, so, there's more. Like, I want to know those things. And that would make me more intrigued by, on in, on Ray. I want to know what happens to Force Sensitive Finn. You have an opportunity. My intrigue is there, but you just fail to execute because I I, I don't I don't know. You had an option. You had the uh, the, the it was there. It was on the table, and now it's gone. You think it was just a matter of, like, timing, whether they had other characters they'd rather put more focus on before they got to Finn? No, I think I think John Boyega, as much as I appreciate him as an actor, he also knows the media well. Mm-hmm. And he knows how to keep himself very relevant. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, all he has to do is say something about Star Wars, and he gets every outlet will is listening to him. You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah. So... And again, I don't, I don't think he's being conniving or anything like that. I just think he's frustrated, and, and rightfully so. He's a, he is a butchered character. 
He is a character of intrigue that the that the premise of the entire sequel trilogy was built on his shoulders. The moment that the first trailer opened with him taking off his helmet as the stormtrooper being a black guy and everyone going, wait, the stormtroopers are just regular people? This changes everything. Like, you know, the stormtroopers <laughs> have like personalities and they're, you know what I mean? Like we're 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 gonna follow the story of a of a of a of a um, uh, a stormtrooper who who defected. That's interesting. And then they they just threw him away. He never goes. His story goes nowhere. To a point where he literally says, "I have something to tell you," and then never says it. <laughs> like it's a whole yeah. plot point that just never gets resolved. He he's a wasted character, and he shouldn't have been. He was the, one of the most intriguing aspects of the prequels or the sequels. Excuse me. Uh, I don't know if there's any intriguing thing about the sequels, but okay. <laughs> no, Thinking they're, they're, of, no, they, they were. Let's That's not true. Hot That's takes. not true. Let's be Let's honest. Like to- prior to you seeing when he pulled his mask off, we all thought the stormtroopers were just clones. We didn't know that. No, 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 we, no. Knew, we we knew that we knew no. that wasn't true. We but we've never actually followed a stormtrooper, especially one that holds a lightsaber. By the end of that trailer, a stormtrooper becoming a Jedi is awesome. Yes, that's a crazy concept that none no one's ever explored before. Which Have we seen that? Anyone the, seen that in the like comics? That? No. Who? Uh, give me a minute. I will get you his name. Wasn't did Kyle Katarn from the games? Because he started in Dark Forces as a stormtrooper. Hmm. But they, he, they don't count anymore. They're not. They're not. None of them are canon. That's just that's all old stuff. Kyle, Kyle Katarn doesn't. Kyle Katarn doesn't matter really anymore. Hey, but um, but he was you know Dark Forces the the Jedi uh, Dark uh, Dark Forces one and two were about him. Uh, there's multiple stories about him, but he, I believe that starts as him as a stormtrooper in Dark Forces. Uh, yeah, um, Sar- but again, Sergeant doesn't matter. Creole. Sergeant Creel, yeah. But seeing that in a movie is oh, yes, unique, yes. and it's yeah. something that they should have focused on. It would have made that intriguing, but they didn't. They decided instead to go with Ray and really underdevelop her because they wanted that Luke Skywalker neutral mask thing this, to fit so listen, well with her. They didn't underdevelop it. They had a problem with letting too many cooks in the kitchen, and none mm-hmm. of the cooks agreed with anybody. That's true. Very true. Very true. So, and that they, character suffered because of it. And he also suffered, and I and I'm going to put this out there. I feel because of the fans making such a big fuss that they wanted to see him in a relationship with Poe. Yeah, that they froze with what they wanted to do. Yeah, and yeah. they were like, "We don't know how to," because if they proceeded in any way, they might have upset people. Because no matter what they did with that whole thing, they were going to really piss people off. So I think the fans also have a part in his character not being developed well. I, I get the argument. I, I see the argument. I don't know how much I believe in that. I do believe that that, that, that changed the way that they wanted to tackle future movies. I, yeah. I, I, I agree there. I agree that, that they definitely took them into the, the drawing room, or the, they took them back to the drawing board and said, all right, this is what fans expect. Yep. And it, so it just I impacted it. Yeah, I don't, just, I don't necessarily disagree with that. But... Um, but let's, because we only got a little bit of time left and we wanted to hit two other topics. <laughs> so let's, uh, real quick, I'll just do AVX real fast because I want to butcher features, whatever he's about to say. <laughs> uh, AEX. Um, the reason I'm bringing this up, because this is something that features talked about trying to kind of get everyone prepared for it not too long ago. Mm-hmm. 
And Maurer, I said yes the last show that I'm just disenchanted with recent comics. That like the books that I like the most, they've lost my interest. And I just, I, Star Wars is way more intriguing than comic books has been for recently for me. But you made me feel um, that there's hope when you started talking about <laughs> your, well, I'm for real, when you talked about how good Moon Knight, Doctor Strange, and how, uh, what was the other one you Ghost said? Rider. Ghost Rider. And how good those have been. So I was like, all right, let me give let me give something a shot. And the big book right now is AEX. And I wrote AEX off because it's an Eternals book. Who gives a shit? <laughs> it's the Eternals. Like, no one gives a crap about the Eternals. We never have- AEX or AXE? AXE. But, eh. Oh, oh what, okay. A, A, AXE. Okay. That book, if you do the prep work necessary to truly understand it, is phenomenal. There is so much worth your time in that story, especially if you know the, like, I didn't know any of the Eternal stuff. Going back and trying to understand what's happening to the Eternals with Thanos and how there's a whole new society and then there's the Hex and the giant robots and mm-hmm. how big the Eternals book has become all of a sudden, as well as changing the way they, they as changing the way mutants are perceived is not only huge for the comics, but I guarantee you it is how the uh, mutants enter the MCU. I completely think that the deviant gene being the X gene um, was that 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 was a mistake, not something that the Eternals, the Celestials did originally. Because remember, the original story is the Celestials uh, messed with humankind and created Eternals, Deviants and Mutants. And the mutants were supposed to be like the chaos Mm -hmm. factor. Right. That's not the case anymore. Now it is an Eternal, essentially the the protege, 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 some Eternal. The progenitor. 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 Yeah. Uh, the so the I think it was the progenitor the progenitor the progenitor crash lands he's being he's essentially dying and he leaks fluid into the world that essentially gives it life but it also corrupts everything so the deviants were created as a way to stabilize life on earth and then the eternals were created as a way to handle the deviants and then the deviant gene through God only knows ended it ended up being in people and that is the X gene. So the X-Gene is a deviation, which is now why the Eternals see the X-Men as villains. Because their, pro- their programming is, uh, their, their, what are their protocols? Protect the Celestials, protect the machine, yep. uh, and um, eradicate the deviant gene or something like that. Yeah. Some, something along those lines. Um, so it, it creates a really cool through point between the two sides. But where the story has gone... Where Uranus and how he is essentially an original Eternal who then comes out of comes out of they they he's the reason why none of us have known about him is because he's been imprisoned for six hundred thousand years because he tried to uh, lead an uproar against the Celestials mm-hmm. when they let him loose, dude. He kills Magneto. Yep. He kills Cable. He kills Storm. He kills a million people in an hour. Less the lesson. Less than an hour, and because he, and the reason why it's less than an hour is well, it's it's actually just an hour. Yeah. If once an hour passes, he had to go right back to prison, and then we know he's coming back out later. So so it's gonna be it's gonna be Avengers Eternals X Men versus Uranus mm-hmm. or Uranus or however now, you say. I, yeah, I'm a couple it's, issues behind. Have they explained Magneto holding himself together with his energy yet? Uh, not that I'm I'm not fully caught up either okay yeah. so me neither i haven't gotten that far yet but there's but, right. yeah 
Well, so they they build they they rebuild. So this is the crazy thing is the more background knowledge you have in Marvel, the better this book becomes because they pull from so many different aspects. Like the rebuilding the progenitor is as is is you they use celestial technology from around the world from older stories like there's one book where they come across the thumb of an eternal of a celestial that it becomes part of rebuilding the progenitor so essentially the for anybody for for those i don't want to give too much of the story away because i want everyone to actually read this book but um I will say it's going to be confusing. Don't let the confusing aspects stop you from continuing because unless you're like been reading a lot of X-Men and a lot of Eternals and a lot of Avengers, you're going to be lost because this goes all the way back to the beginning of Jason Aaron's run. Um, so there's a lot of background story here to make this make sense. But once it does, oh my God, this is 100% going to happen in the MCU. I, I don't know to. how, but it's something. I don't think we're going to get Avengers versus X-Men. I think this is what we get. Now, you also, for those out there, December 20th, you're going to get two collected editions. That's going to be some of the prequel, the main books, and a few tie-ins. Normally, when they do those collected editions, uh, it's going to be the AXE Judgment Day and then the Judgment Day Companion. Normally, they have four words in them that break down a lot of the information that you need to know to understand it or at least point you in the direction of where to go read. So if you're reading these individual comics and you're like, I I give up, that's fine. Wait until the holiday season. Get the collected editions, and it might help you understand which are the best stories. Because just going back to the beginning of the Errant's run and being like, okay, I'm going to start reading. That's a big oh, task to Yeah, ask. And, and not all of it's good. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, uh, it's another thing to keep in mind. You're not going to enjoy every book that you go through because that was a hit or miss run. So but. I will give Marvel the credit where credit's due. Whenever they do a collected edition for a major event, mm-hmm. it streamlines it in such a way that it becomes an enjoyable story, which is why for this, for the most part, I got to the point where I was like, I'm just going to wait. Because That's fair. it's work to read this. Because you have to unlock your brain and go, okay, well, that ties into this. What does that mean? And either go through your own catalog of memories or go bust out comics and read old comics and go, oh, that makes sense. One of the most recent things that they've kind of changed a little bit is how judgment takes place. Judgment is not judgment. Like, we think Celestial shows up, judge the planet, your failure, that's it. He does it individually. Yeah. So they will be as a group at the end. But, like, for example, he shows up to Professor X um, as Legion trying to ask him some questions, and Professor X blows him off. So he gets a down judgment <laughs> because he, he didn't give him the time of day. He, he, um, he shows up as Captain Marvel to Miss Marvel and tries to get Miss Marvel and her family to leave, and Miss Marvel fights the fake Captain Marvel and says, what did you do with Carol? Gets a thumbs up. So, and just to go kind of the idea... This book is so deep, it has Sunspot as a main character in certain oh, things. bro. It has Herbie. Like, if you think of something that's a deep cut into Marvel, yeah, they're featured in this. Well, I, and they, I mean, stuff like, so Cersei, back in, uh, what, the late, mid, mid-late 80s, was an Avenger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But then the 90s rolled around, no one cared about the Eternals. Most people don't know that. So going into how captain america and how 
um, Iron Man deal with Cersei is very different. Like, I love the fact that Thor, <laughs> Thor, Captain Marvel, and Echo just whooped the piss out of her in, like, 30 seconds because they knew how badly she would wipe the floor with all of them if given the opportunity so they needed they needed to figure out what was going on so they just show up whoop her to a point where she's unconscious and then they bring her back to the progenitor which which is what avengers mountain yeah Yeah. um um and then they that's where they have their conversation with her because they don't know what eternals are they, they can work with and what Eternals they can't because there's also an eternal civil war happening essentially at the same time right because Druig is the new um, prime, prime eternal yep after uh, so Thanos for a long time was and that's where we find out a lot about how the deviants and the the deviant gene and the eternal gene works um, but Thanos Thanos was killed and Thanos was killed because they they essentially let his deviant gene go nuts and and kill him from the inside essentially is how they they can essentially activate your deviant gene to kill you yeah so i what uh who's it um who's the this is gonna sound bad but the <laughs> the the one uh eternal who creates who did all the technology he, oh f- uh, fastos yes fastos created that fail safe in, in thanos's yeah, gene brother furioso when, <laughs> when they made him the prime eternal thanos wanted to be a part of the machine he wanted to come back the way the eternals did Technically, he should by birthright, but they because he had the deviant gene, they didn't let him. Oh, that's another thing. This is this is there's so many levels to this this mm-hmm. story. So and a giant plastic gorilla. <laughs> oh yeah, but like this is a game changer kind of thing. So the when the X Men re- resurrect themselves, they need the five, and then yep. their their mentality has to be backed up in Cerebro. Cerebro has to have at some point been connected to them in order for them to have any memories. The Eternals, that's not true. They come back remembering everything due to the machine, right? Mm-hmm. But what we just learned is that they don't just come back. In order to be resurrected, a human has to die. So every time an Eternal is killed, a human around the world dies for them to be resurrected. Yep. So the humans don't know this. And uh, Druig connects to everybody's device and says, hey, the uh, the mutants, we're so sorry that we've kind of not been around for you, but we're going to fix that now. The, we're, we, we, we took care of the deviants, but obviously the mutants have gotten to a point where they need to be under control. We're, so, we're, we're going to release these giant monsters and attack Krakoa, you know, get away from the shore cities. Because you're probably going to have tsunamis when these things come out, but don't be scared. They're here to protect you. And humanity, they they cheer. Like, they love the fact, because they right now they hate mutants because they found out that Cyclops was resurrected. So Cyclops yeah. tells Ben Urich that he was resurrected, and, and that's who Captain Krakoa was. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ben Urich writes a story about it, and people freak out for two reasons. One, how come the mutants are holding this back? And two the mutants are now a bigger threat than they've ever been. So humanity hates them to a degree that they, to a whole new degree and love the Eternals where the Eternals are manipulating humanity to kill the X-Men. Right. And if it'd be funny if, if humans found out how the Eternals came back, I bet you the, the, it would it change would everything, change everything. Right. This, this well, story is amazing. Like, just it's really, like, really good. Just like Matt Damon on, uh, Jimmy Kimmel Matt show. Damon. <laughs> uh, we don't have time for you tonight, features. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. Right, well, so okay. So here here you go. Here you go. First off, put in the comment section whether or not you think phase four is a dud. <laughs> yes. But Features, but, you got thirty seconds. Give us your elevator pitch oh, on why. Go. I have a diatribe. So 
Well, where, you have where 27 comes, seconds. You know what? I will take my time because you do it all the time. Listen, phase four is not, if, if you think it's a flop, I don't believe it's the flop that some people think it is. I think they haven't given phase four the same opportunity that we, give, we gave phase one. Phase one gave us the greatness that the MCU is that we know it to be. Phase four is pretty much the reset. It's starting the same way. We got, uh, I can't say which characters. You know what? <laughs> I can't say which, I can't remember which, which movie it should have started out with, but that's the beginning. And then one of the other things that's, that's a major difference between phase one and phase four is that we have way more content and way more characters, one-off characters, characters who we haven't even had opportunity to see yeah, before. Quality, quantity. Yeah, mm. we okay. have zero quality coming out of this phase. Not That's not zero. true. That's not, not true. Zero. It's not zero. It, this is this is the worst phase, but that doesn't make it the worst thing ever. Like it's the worst. It's okay. Phase four of Marvel is like bad pizza. <laughs> still good. It's still you know good I mean? at one a.m. Okay. It's still pizza. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's still the MCU. It's just, it's not, you know, it's not Joe's Phase on Bleaker. Phase four is like <laughs> bad pizza that has anchovies that have been sitting out for a day. It really isn't true, though. It's there. It's not nearly as good as the other phases have been because all the phases make you believe you're leading to something else. This just feels disconnected. Well, no, I don't even think that. the Leading to something else was never what drove me to like the MCU movies. Like, that was an afterthought to me of, like, okay, we'll get there. All of those movies still felt good and mm-hmm. super enjoyable. And, like, I was getting to see something I wanted on screen. Because the changes they made in phases one, two, and three, mm-hmm. albeit changes they were, they weren't, like, drastic, we're going to throw everything out and just use the name for a lot of things right but that goes back to the point that i made a long time ago at this uh was that the mcu no longer uses marvel's lineage or marvel's history as the center crux to what creates the mcu it's also cultural cultural mythology right is, is on par with the mc with marvel history because if you're the mcu now larger than marvel comics has ever been and you want to create that black panther hype around every character that you release from moving forward connecting it to that personal mythology is a way to grab attention from people who would normally not give the mcu a chance it's honestly what she hulk is she hulk is what love it or hate it she hulk is gaining an audience that the mcu has never had and i will consider like bad cgi and shows without a plot I mean, it, it has a it, it, I mean, has it a doesn't plot. have a coherent <laughs> plot, but it's a flavor of the week kind of plot. <laughs> I don't big... dislike She Hulk at all. I think She Hulk's a lot of fun. I actually, I, I, but I, I think a lot of people who watch She Hulk have no idea what to expect from She Hulk, and maybe that's Marvel's fault for not truly explaining it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're just kind of accepting people will understand She Hulk, but this is She Hulk. This is exactly She Hulk. There's been two fight scenes. This whole thing. This is not. It's a courtroom comedy. <laughs> this is not a this is not your average MCU show. Right. And it's not for people who like fight scenes. And bef- right before the end of the show we're going to throw in a random standalone episode that adds nothing. I love that standalone yeah, that episode. Cool. I thought the Just Jen episode? Yeah. Oh. First off, that's a comic book. That's a, that's a that's a plug right there to Just Jen. Uh and second of all, I thought she did great. I thought that episode was hysterical. Yeah. I laughed so much at that episode. 
So you're right. I would have rather the Daredevil scene that I was promised yeah. with the last tease. I feel like you making me wait for, a, for like, Daredevil was a mistake. Like you said at the end of the episode, this wedding just happened to be at the most inappropriate time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Although I will say, you just like it, the, like I don't give Deadpool a pass, so I'm not giving Jennifer Walters a pass. You can't just look at the camera and say that's lazy writing and make me go, oh, it's meta. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's still lazy writing. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I just no. would have liked a more coherent <laughs> storyline throughout the show. More than she used my name, she won in court. I'm angry. Like the worst superhero meta- uh, motivation well, I, of all time. I, I, it's like it's like the book of Boba Fett. That, that's what it feels like. It doesn't feel connected, and it feel like, for example, I don't think the actual story has mm-hmm. ha- like I, the intelligentsia just being brought out. I think is gonna maybe give us the leader. This could be a, an easy way to kind of bring the leader back around as a as a cameo towards the end. And we have what that, one more episode, two more episodes, or two more, Three four more. more. Wow, no, yeah. it's nine, we're... right? I'm, and what are we, we on we, seven? But even no. then, look at look at Book of Boba Fett. Who is the main villain in Book of Boba Fett? Um, yeah, the Pikes. The Pikes. Who is who is the Pikes' main guy? Darth Maul, right? No, Cad Bane. Oh, okay. When do we get introduced to Cad Bane? Like two, <laughs> the second to last episode. Yes, yeah. but you still <laughs> had them talking about the Pikes and showing that whole connected story. Right, just like time. we're getting the intelligentsia right now, and just like I think, her, like going back to her being on the dates, I think that dude who is obsessed with her powers is part of the intelligentsia. I agree. Yeah, I, I do think there's more of a connection than we might understand yet because the show's not done. But and, my point, it's, it's so it's not the greatest plot. I've ever seen, but and it the wrecking Jessica crew Walton, might be B characters. Awful. Yeah, that, that, the wrecking that was, crew bothered that, me. They were underused. I don't think but they, they, they them used them right. Being a joke. Yeah, they that, but that wasn't Crusher Creel. Yeah, like that was the wrecking crew, but it wasn't the wrecking crew. You know I, think, what I mean, I think the whole purpose for them was to to show that those weapons are there. Those those are yeah. are as guardian tools. Because you're right, to your point. That's that they probably weren't the actual wrecking crew. Because that no, they wasn't were. Crusher. It was Thunderball. Yeah, but I think the weapons were, but like that wasn't Crusher Creel. Yeah, no, but Thunderball's the main guy in Wrecking Crew, and they said sure. him by name. Oh, did they? Yeah, oh, I don't remember. Them okay. saying There's that. Uh, three episodes yeah. left. You know, so three episodes yeah. left. It is definitely the the actual characters of the Wrecking Crew because they're like Thunderball, and they go. But on, see, so. this these are aspects that we care about as as fans of Marvel lore and lineage. The fan base this is going after could care less. Because they love her. Right. You gotta, that's the thing you have to remember, that the MCU has reached a point where it's not trying to get comic book fans to go to the movies. It's trying to get people who aren't into comic books to go to the movies. That's, that's the goal. That's, that's why do you think they're connecting Namor to, to um, Hispanic heritage the way that they are? Because they're trying to recapture that same Thor and um, Norse mythology and Black Panther and, and the Wakanda mythology and Bass. They're trying to, and uh, Pakistani myth- mythology being such a prominent aspect of Miss Marvel. Um, the, everybody had the Egyptian superhero in, in um, Scarlet Scarab in this, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the fact that we're going to get the, the Israeli superhero, Sarab or whatever, in Captain America. Yeah. They're, they're trying, uh, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi and his mythology, the Chinese mythology. Was a hit. Shang-Chi was a hit. But that, so regardless on whether or not us oh, Marvel so fans want so Marvel boring. to be at the center, it doesn't change the fact that mythology is now just as important. I hear you, Minty, and I agree. 
I was uh, meant to just shut up and tie <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Mauer, to to the point that you made earlier, you said you you uh the movies themselves standalone you thought were good, but the connect them being connected didn't make you like it anymore. I I would taking you out of it, I would disagree. I think that is a large part in which made the MCU even more popular. When you find out these movies are connected, more popular does not equate to good. Yeah, but but we all went nuts the moment that Nick Fury said you're a part of a bigger world. Right, but that wasn't the driving force behind them. They switched it. No, to you're now right because the they connected didn't ex- part is the driving force behind everything they do. Because they had to. Yeah. Because they you, they already showed us Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and they showed us that they connect. So now they were like, "All right, that worked. How do we keep the connection alive?" Like we all know, Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet was never the original intent. Thanos was put in there by Joss Whedon because he didn't believe that Loki was a strong enough villain to support that movie that he created. So he threw the end credits of Thanos, which then gave birth to the the Infinity Stones being the biggest thing in the world. That's why the Space Stone all hail wasn't the, king, the Space Joss Stone. Joss Whedon yet again. All hail yes. the King Joss Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and to the point that that adding on to the other point, what I how I feel about Phase Four is that we know the MCU formula, but I think we're we're kind of brushing off the fact that a lot of these properties are going to lead to a bigger payoff. That is the end game. But them leading to a bigger payoff doesn't make what we're watching now better. Sure, but you're right, and I don't disagree with you. But that's also why I say that Phase Four. Is the phase four is not a real phase in my opinion. Phase four is like the books that you have to read in order to understand the bigger story that's about to happen. It's the thing that's tying everything up and setting the pieces and to where they're supposed like to be. And you don't like reading those in comics. They're not no. good. You're right. That's why again, I'm with you on phase four is a dud. So features. Yes. We have judged you. <laughs> Thumbs down. <laughs> Menti, do that thing. You can find the show, Welcome to Fireside, everywhere online. That's at Welcome to Fireside of your social media choice, unless it's Twitter, which is Fireside Crew. And if you like the show, um, comment, um, rating, all of that stuff, uh, we appreciate those that continue to do it. Thank you very much. Uh, and once again, I'm Enti. I'm Features. I'm and I'm Mr. Mauer. Don't forget, Fireside, we're better than Phase 4. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfather. Motherfather. <laughs> Dark Hill. Motherfather. 